Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. It's the Underpowered Hour on this week's show. Happy World Land Rover Day. JLR is celebrating by dropping the Land Rover name, or are they? An all-new Defender 130 that only seats five. Workshop updates and other news. And now, here's the show. Welcome to the Underpowered Hour. I'm Steve Barris, mild-mannered television executive by day and Land Rover collector by night. You can find out more about our cars and what we're working on at thebarriscollection.com or follow us on Instagram at thebarriscollection. I'm joined, as always, by my good friend, Ike Goss. Thank you to everyone joining us today. I'm the Land Rover to Stevens JLR. I'm the obsolete vehicle of podcasting. Ike Goss. I own and operate Pangolin 4x4 in Springfield, Oregon, where we live and breathe Land Rovers. Check us out online on Facebook, Instagram at Pangolin 4x4. Let's get started. All right, Ike. Well, we are uh, we're back at it. Uh, lots of interesting Land Rover. Don't call it Land Rover news, maybe. This is the most popular JLR podcast on the Internet. Get all your JLR news here uh, first. Yeah. You know what? I thought there was a heavy equipment manufacturer already called JLR, which would, there was going to be some conflict that maybe, I don't know. It GCB. is. It, it appears as though the internal CEO temporary gentleman uh, may have spoken slightly out of turn in saying that they were not going to use the Land Rover uh, name anymore. It looks like looks like maybe they're backing that back. There's, there's some debate about what's happening there, right? So there was, a, for those of you that don't know, uh, there was an interview with uh, some of the JLR, dare I say. Uh, I think you're allowed uh, to say JLR. I think that's Head of me. design and CEO. Uh, and they interviewed several yeah, people yeah, yeah. in the company. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the impression that they gave was that uh, the company itself would be renamed JLR, which right. it's often referred to anyway, right? Yeah. It's, it's referred yeah, to as JLR. that makes sense. It may, it, yeah, it is. Uh, so... I think that a lot of news organizations read into that and said, yeah. oh, they're dropping the Land Rover name. Right, and in addition, right. in that those interviews, they were saying, well, you know, JLR is a house of brands. And so instead right. of having the very confusing Land Rover Range Rover, which I've had that conversation with people before, yeah. they're a little confused about is, is Range Rover a Land Rover? Like, how does that work? It is a little confusing so absolutely you know they said okay we're gonna have defender as its own brand range rover mm -hmm. as its own brand mm -hmm. discovery is its own brand jaguar is its own brand and then yeah. jlr is the you know overarching organization so sure. a lot of these news organizations they read into that and they said oh they're dropping the land over name which is kind yeah. of what it sounds like they're doing they're right. renaming right. the company jlr and then it's not going to be a land over range Rover. it's just a range rover right so people lost their minds you know, like all these all these uh, auto organizations, these press organizations, uh, you know, uh, Car and Driver mm -hmm. and Auto Blog and all these people, yeah. 
you know, they produced articles saying that the Land Rover nameplate is going away. That's and, it, yeah. And people went insane. Like the, They did go insane, yeah. They did go insane. The internet was a I, wash. Uh, it was a wash with uh, no more Land Rover. With, I mean, equal parts of uh, angry and dismayed and sad with uh, inquiries to their local Land Rover dealerships if they can buy the sign. Yeah, uh, I believe <laughs> chatting with a couple of uh, of Land Rover dealers uh, around here, we uh, yeah, we got the feedback that uh, there's already been several inquiries about the sign. There's already been several inquiries about the signs. Yeah, so <laughs> you know, people were like, "Oh, they're getting rid of the Land Rover name. I'm gonna I'm gonna buy that sign for my garage." Signs, yeah, but exactly. um, it, it was interesting. People's reactions were, you know how could you do that? Land Rover's been around right. for so long, right. you know, like right. the normal, you know, sort of hand wringing uh, from enthusiasts of the brand to their like, you know, they, they grew up loving this thing. And then now it's, it's gone yeah. seemingly. Yeah. Well, right. like an AMC gremlin, uh, you know, never to be seen again, you know? Yeah. And, and so some of the phrases that they used in the interviews were things like the Land Rover name is going to be a trust mark. Like we're still going to use it but it's going to be this. this is that trust the, mark. is that the thing that's on the the, the belly of a Care Bear? I believe I is that so. that's what they call that, right? I yeah, think so. Right. It's like the yeah, Xavier yeah. Roberts tag on a <laughs> Cabbage Patch doll. Exactly. Uh, so nobody was really sure because trust mark is not really a word, right? Like it's not, it's a, not a trademark. <laughs> like what is that? You know, like nobody knew what that meant. And uh, so, you know, in combination with the other things, at any rate, it, it muddied the waters. People were like yeah, very confused about what was happening. Mm -hmm. They're like, is it still going to be on the vehicles? Is it not? The organization's JLR, like what, what are they doing? And uh, one of the quotes from the interview, which was one from our friend, Mr. Jerry McGovern, was with a luxury brand, you need absolute clarity. And so I think no one, no one knew what any of this meant for the company right. or their, their right. favorite brand. Yeah. But I think yeah. a lot of people thought, these news mm -hmm. organizations included, enthusiasts mm -hmm. and so forth, they thought that their favorite trademark, their favorite brand was was being right. dropped. And so right. I think that's what ended up happening. So uh, absolute clarity may have been warranted, but it certainly wasn't achieved. The goal was to clarify and impact the goal was clarify. It so much worse. And so the next day, the next day, yes. yeah. they released yeah. a statement that was like, whoa, 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 we're, we're not getting rid of the name. You, you read too much into this. You know, we're still going right. to be using it in roughly the same way that they've always been using it. Right. Uh, they're going to put it on the vehicles and like blah, blah, blah. So I don't know that any more clarity has been achieved either. Like, no, you know, what no. is that? What is it exactly that you're doing? Is this a rebranding exercise where you're trying to put more emphasis on certain things? Nobody knows. So right. I think that, right. The, right. that we can all agree Land Rover Range Rover was, was more clear yeah. than what's happening now. Absolutely. Yes. I think it would be much better if everybody just said Land Rover Range Rover at this point, because now he's got it is uh, absolutely uh, out the window. Leave it to uh, to good old uh, Jerry McGovern to take what is a, a fairly simple and obvious answer and complicate it to a degree where you can't remember what the question was anymore. I don't, yeah. yeah, I don't really know what happened. No one knows what a trust power. mark is. No yeah. one knows what's happening with the brand. Uh, but maybe they'll mm -hmm. maybe we'll get some maybe we'll get some clarity in the future. We'll, They're going to we'll, put some billions in, apparently, as part of that, which really definitely 15. got buried in the yeah, 15 of those billions of pounds, too, into uh, into JLR. And uh, all of that will now be spent on clarifying the Land Rover uh, name <laughs> debacle. So, unfortunately, <laughs> new signage all no, around. Yeah, no development uh, 
dollars there. Um, but uh, yeah, with any luck, uh, your Land Rover dealer may have already sold you the sign, not realizing that uh, it was uh, too late. So hopefully yeah. you scurried up there and unbolted it from the building overnight uh, when, uh, before they... Uh, you know, before they called it back. So well, we'll see, we'll see what happens. But uh, as of right now, they're claiming we are not losing the Land Rover name it is an important part of our DNA. But yeah. uh, if it was that critical, why would you, would you, why would you even at all? Why would you start it at all? I mean, why, why even yeah. start this conversation? Yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't know. So yeah, I don't well, know. I, I'm that. sure there's some finger pointing and uh, various, <laughs> uh, various yep. uh, hand wringing going on at uh, JLR right now over this whole thing. But, uh, I think I think people are still confused. As of six hours ago, Autoblog had another article about how Land Rover, the Land Rover nameplate was being dropped. So people are still spreading that around. Yeah, yeah. And there's a lot of discussions on social media, forums, et cetera, et cetera. Various people. You know. There was a 26, 27 uh, email long thread with the folks uh, putting Anarch together um, about, about it. That's actually how I found out about it is Bob Steele emailed the article to uh, oh, everybody. No. And then everyone that I've ever met that knows I like Land Rover sent Have me that same article. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. That's good. The thing you like, it's now gone. Look at this. What does this mean for your things that you like? Yeah, they're <laughs> you have to give them all back. Like, oh, no, not really. That's, that's all right. Oh, uh, again, how do AMC Gremlin uh, owners feel or Rover cars for that matter? You know, well, there's, you know, hey, it might happen one day, but it looks like Maybe not today. It's just tough to say. Anyways, speaking of uh, unnecessary changes that probably didn't need to be made, um, the outbound edition Defender 130. I, I'm not sure why it's outbound and not inbound or, uh, you know, or, or anything else, but because uh, I didn't really read the article because don't really care. But uh -oh. uh, but the, <laughs> the outbound Defender looks to be the most murdered out version uh, straight from the factory, black on black on black on black. And and. A V8, which I, I, I guess you, you couldn't get a V8. I think you could get a V8 before, but V8. You know, you the, the V8 is available. One, yeah, the V8 is available. This particular one they advertise as being 493 horsepower, and uh, that is that is roughly 100 horsepower per passenger. Wow, yeah, because it's, uh, it seats five people. In a 130. It, it is a 130 inches. That, uh, for, for reference, that is two fewer people than my 88-wheel seat. Uh, and it has a 50-inch yeah. shorter wheelbase. Wheelbase, yeah. and it's, Actually, it's um, a 120. I keep forgetting it's a 120. It, so it's 120, yeah. It's, yeah, it's only slightly. 32 inches. It's a yard longer in wheelbase. The odd thing is, is I believe one of those uh, seats is actually that weird front middle seat. I think it's the jump seat. Uh, oh, really? They, the, yeah, the fifth seat is the middle? It's the middle, the front middle seat. I'll be damned. I don't think so, but that would make sense. I think uh, if I had the option of middle, front, or rear, I think I'd go with front because that thing is unusable. I actually had an opportunity. Uh, a friend has a Defender, a uh -huh. Defender that has that silly middle seat in it, and had it at the uh, at the Queen's English uh, car show this, uh, this okay. past weekend. Mm -hmm. And uh, it, uh, it's ridiculous i mean it is so unusable it's crazy so that's the feature that's like been carried over from the original models like the yes, best exactly yeah it's totally and you would never ever sit in the middle seat of any land rover ever unless maybe you're a you're a five-year six-year-old or something and you throw them in there and be all right but yeah a full-grown human being especially like uh, i wish chris was there because the three of us abreast in the front of that car would be uh be a lot of fun 
It's got to be three in the middle row and two in the front, right? Got to be I think that. it is. It probably is, but maybe not. You there. never know. But those those rear seats must be like crazy nice. Then are they like all the way in the trunk or something? Like, or, or they just don't have the extra row? It's I think just it doesn't cargo have space. The extra row. That's for your. It's that's for your space. gear. So is this meant to be outbound on adventures? Is that what they're saying? In a... I think that's the that's the thing that they're trying to convey. It's it that's says it. uh, luxurious space, and then it also says practical space, and then it also says flexible space. So it's like Yee. you know, it's all the pra- lux space. The lux space. <laughs> it's great. I don't know. Yet another variant of uh, of the new Defender. It's nice. Uh, it's nice to see. I would like. I I am looking for. A, a like a special vehicles off-road edition one like a real proper the closest we've ever really got is the trek uh i heard somebody call it the trek trim level the other the day trek like trim oh level. if you ordered if you ordered the trek package like that's not a package just to use it's just a used car that's, that's what you is. have right that's right yeah that's what you yeah, have it's you not have a, the... it's not a trim level it's just a used car that i happen to buy from land Rover. you are the target market for these special edition defenders i am i have you know it's it's funny because a few a few dealerships have reached out saying sure. they have particular special editions and if, just to put it out there I, i'm not i'm not interested i, I don't collect special edition new defenders they don't believe you. all yeah. of the things yeah. that you've said on yeah. the podcast previous to this one yeah, that would true. indicate that's otherwise true. would I you have, buy a uh, freelander yeah. edition Defender 130. 100%. 100%. Whatever that is. And see? See you Whatever that. that is, I absolutely, absolutely I would. Absolutely I would. Yeah. We might be actually going to pick up the Freelander this weekend. Are, where are you I taking it? to get your hopes up. I don't know. Taking it the nearest auto recycling yard, maybe, but no, 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 no. We're they're going to they're they're charge you to get rid of it, you know? Absolutely. They're going to be like, you can't leave that here. You yeah, you can, sir, you're going to have to remove all the no. plastic from this vehicle. We got to go find one of those pet cemeteries bury it there oh, it's coming come back. back useful <laughs> it's coming back yeah. uh so what's what's the status of the freelander freeloader well you know at this point uh i believe that the uh now the cooling system is not working properly it is shifting and it is driving and okay. it is all of that is working now but okay. now for some inexplicable reason it is overheating it wasn't doing that before, but apparently it is just full of radiator stop leaks. So uh, probably uh, probably just going to throw a new radiator, new set of fans in it. So yeah. I have heard yeah. that the Freelander sold in North America in that vintage has head gasket problems. Yes, these these head gaskets have been replaced now. So now it's just a matter of... So has uh, it been run since the head gaskets have been replaced? Oh, that's a great question. Uh, yeah, a little bit. A little so bit. it leaks? Possibly. Possibly, yeah. We're going to see. A whole new radiator? A whole new radiator, maybe a whole new engine, new transmission, the least of new axles. Problems. The radiator pretty cheap, actually. You know, all things considered. The fans are pretty cheap, uh, all things uh-huh. considered. You know, so we'll just, we're just going to keep going. We're just going to keep throwing money at it until so, one yeah. day. Fully yeah, restored uh, Freelander, the only one in the whole world. No one wants. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the least, it, it, it will still be worth the same amount that I paid for it. Without any of those things added to it, ah, uh, you so, might be right. You, know. you might be right. Yeah, I think I am. But yeah, at least, maybe. At, at least you're you're holding on to that level, which is what? How much was it? Like five hundred bucks. The most expensive five hundred dollar car ever. That's exactly right. Yep, that's exactly right. Speaking of which, what's uh, what's going on up there in the old uh, Pangolin four by four shop? Uh, these uh, uh, getting back to work now after being uh, in Australia for uh, what seemed like two months. Uh, we back, delivered. Uh, 
four cars last week. So the, the four wow. cars left the shop in a completed fashion. So that's I was amazing. pretty happy about that. That's a, that's a good feeling. And then we have four more that are that are on the cusp. They're on the one yard line. So Ooh. so we're we're producing work, which is uh you know hard to do when you're on a, in Australia. But uh, it's good. It's the guys have been working on the, the uh, several of the trucks. We got uh, an eighty inch that came into the shop last week. And it has an interesting history. It's a 52, which they didn't mm-hmm. sell very many of in the U.S., like yeah, 18, not at all. like very yeah. few. And uh, so that's an unusual car. And um, it was owned by this guy. I've got some great vintage pictures of it who restored it in the 70s, which is kind of a, a long time ago, you know, for yeah. a Land Rover restoration. And he rebuilt the engine and he painted it white and uh, he drove it down to South America and he lived in it for like four years. In an 80 inch. In an 80 inch. Yeah. Pretty Yeesh. crazy. Pretty That's crazy. pretty great. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. He 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 looked like the dude in the photos, you know, the from Big Lebowski. Yeah, oh yeah. He looks yeah. like he looks like Jeffrey Lebowski. That's awesome. And uh he's got like a little cardigan on and uh yeah, flip flops. It's it's pretty great. It's <laughs> pretty great. great. So that's a great car. And it 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 at one time it had horns that played cucaracha on fitted to the Land Rover. So it's a pretty cool car and it's got a neat history. And uh, that car came into the shop for a little bit of service work. And then uh, we've got another 80 inch, which is showing up right now while I'm doing this podcast. It's arriving from Texas. It's a 51 and uh, it probably has a litany of problems that all need, you know, addressed. You know, I'm just guessing, but every series one seems to need a wiring harness an engine mm-hmm. rebuild, a steering box, yes. like, you know, the normal mm-hmm. things that an old car yes. needs. It needs all that. Yes. So I'm sure. Mm-hmm. But it's a cool mm-hmm. car. It's it's a pretty nice condition generally, pretty complete, mostly original, you know. Yeah. So we have those cars which uh, are coming into the shop, some 80 inches. And then we've been making some progress on one of the shop vehicles, which is the, we've called it the saw truck, which was, oh, uh, yeah, I think we've truck, discussed right. it a little bit. It's a, hey, a hey. power saw demonstrator vehicle for IEL chainsaws from the 60s, well, 50s. They We, we kind of dated the time period which it was used because yeah. it has water transfer decals, like pretty big ones, like probably a foot hey. and a half long of hey. chainsaws on the doors. Hey. And that particular model of chainsaw was made from like 1955 to like oh. 1960. So that probably was its original use was the power saw contractors of LePage Limited. Yeah, LePage. LePage. Are you going to get a uh, a saw of that era to go with the car? I think that would be a great idea. That would be pretty cool to have with the car. We've uh, oh, it yeah. has a lot of uh, like chainsaw decals and that sort of thing all yeah. over it. Yeah. And uh, mm-hmm. on the one side, it has a decal for Logan Mayhew Limited, which is a company mm-hmm. that sold logging equipment and yep. was a big dealer of Land Rovers in Vancouver yep. in the in 50s. Vancouver. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And at one time, they advertised themselves as being Canada's largest. Land Rover dealer. And so they must have sold a number of cars there. I don't know whether that's true or not. But one thing that they did was they put a really elaborate cast aluminum plaque on the back Mm -hmm. of the cars that they Mm -hmm. sold that said, Mm -hmm. this vehicle sold and serviced by Logan Mayhew Limited. So I've seen a couple cars with that plaque. And uh, this car, which is a 107 station wagon, first year Mm -hmm. production, 1956, that vehicle, it had the sticker on the side and I, I thought, well, man, I wonder, it doesn't have the plaque, you know? And I yeah. looked carefully and kind of where the license plate had been moved to and a, a, mm-hmm. a non-original license plate light and 
you know, there are a few extra holes there on the left-hand side. In amongst those was a rectangular hole pattern. And I didn't have one of these plaques. They're pretty unusual nowadays. Yeah. And I was like, that sure looks like the size of those plaques, those emblems. Yeah. And so we tracked one down. Uh, I found a picture of one online and I messaged the guy that posted the picture and he's like, oh, that's not my picture and it's not my plaque. Uh, but I got the picture from this guy. And so I messaged that guy. And that guy was like, oh, it's my picture, but it's not my plaque. I took right. it uh, from this guy. And so I messaged that guy. And that guy was Ray Wood of Romer Drive. Oh, and yeah. And that guy I, was like, where'd you get this number? I know. I explained it to him. I was like, I was like, we got this really cool yeah. 107 wagon in here. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it had one of these plaques on it. Yeah. I sent him pictures of the decal on the side and the whole pattern. And I was like, I understand that you have one. Is it at all possible that you would sell us this plaque to kind of reunite yeah. the truck with the plaque, you know, cause it's a part of its history. We liked it. Cool. So he was like, yeah, I'll give it to you. So we were ordering a batch of uh, Romer drives. And so he threw it in with the, the batch and that nice. was super nice of him. And so we got nice. it the other day and we, we uh, took it out of its little crate and we uh, held it up to the car and sure enough, it fit perfectly. <laughs> It fit perfectly on the truck. So uh, it, it was kind of cool to put those pieces back together. You know, we really like so doing cool. that. That's so cool. Yeah, kind of so neat. Cool. Kind of neat. So little research, little legwork, and, and you know, you got you get that kind of special car. Yeah, you kind of get everything to this. Interesting yeah, that's pieces. really neat. That's such a cool car. Well, you know, you, you basically you have to get the chainsaw. I mean, there's there's sort of no way out of it. Morally and legally obligated to find yeah. an antique chainsaw that is yeah. pictured on the side of this Land Rover. <laughs> Absolutely. You have to do it. I mean, I and, uh, have, it's going to already be in similar vintage. So you're like ready to go. I do have a really cool chainsaw grill badge that's going to go on this car. And sure. uh, we just got the axles uh, spruced up. We just got the brakes spruced up. We just got the seats spruced up. So it's going to be all rough and ready, rugged on the outside, but it's going to have a reliable drivetrain and new tires and all that sort of thing. So it's going to have this crusty old look to it. The other thing that we noticed when we were looking at pictures of the car is it has a very unique three-bolt pattern on the front bumper. And uh, usually when you think about winches, you think of sort of a symmetrical pattern. Yeah. You know, in terms of how they're mounted. <laughs> but since the crank hole on the Land Rover is a little bit offset, you know, the hand starter yep. crank, yep. a little offset. So I was like, oh, I bet that's a crank drive Koenig. And we had supplied a crank drive Koenig and reproduced the Series 1 mount for it for the Oxford car. Mm -hmm. You know, the mm -hmm. Oxford mm -hmm. Cambridge Expedition vehicle yep. Yep. from 1955. Yeah, yeah. That car had a, a Koenig crank drive on it. And it was missing. So during the course of recommissioning that car, Adam Bennett, the, the owner of that car, reached out and he said, hey, is that something that you have? And so we created that for him. And I was like, oh, yeah, right. that's what that three bolt pattern is. So we rounded up a Koenig crank drive to go on this car, too. So it'll have its original winch, its original, have its winch. original dealer oh, cool. plaques. It'll have some really cool, neat stuff. It'll be a neat car. That's going to be a super cool car. And it's a part of Canadian history. So Dixon has to buy it. We also have a great video of Linus sitting in the cab of the saw truck making motor noises and pretending as if he's driving it, which we'll post on social media. Against yeah, oh, yeah, for wishes. sure. We wouldn't have it any other way. Uh, and and speaking uh, yeah. of Linus, we all went <laughs> to Kuma in Australia yes. for the that's 75th right. anniversary. And True. so we'll have an episode coming up here soon that'll yeah. have our Australia adventure driving over the snowy mountains in series ones with Bob Ives of Camel Trophy fame. 
My Nick God. Dimbleby, world's God. best photographer. True. Michael Bishop, world's oh. best Land Rover salesman. Today's Roger Craythorn. And uh, Alex Massey, world's best yeah. 80-inch expert. At any rate, expert, uh, yeah. we had a good time and uh, we have lots to talk about in a future. Yeah, everybody's favorite bibbed pants wearing individual. We're going to get him on here in the next week or two. We've got, man, we have the most packed schedule of things that we have maybe ever had in underpowered hour history. Uh, holy moly. Liza's G4 adventure? They're not even back yet. They're still on the road. They'll be back in a half an hour. From the uh, from the massive G4 adventure. So we're going to have her and Abigail and Steve Cooper uh, on the show at some point very soon to talk about that. They saw incredible, crazy things. They went to that place where the guy got his arm crushed with the boulder and got stuck there and to cut his own arm off. And the boulder apparently is still there. I asked them, apparently the arm isn't, but the, oh, but the boulder is. The boulder. I would have put a rubber arm in there just to make the tourism more, you know, it's more worth it, right? If there's a... <laughs> You know, you're the guy you that would you're the guy that would stick your arm under the rock and be like, help! Exactly. <laughs> it happened like, again. <laughs> Where nobody's here. <laughs> Everybody just left. There were lots of people, but they all left. That was That's the, a movie that bad. I didn't see. I didn't no? see that movie. Where well, the guy good, gets actually. his arm stuck good. under the rock and then he chews it off. And no, yeah, I didn't, I didn't watch. No, that. you don't watch it. It's too close to home. Is that, like, James Franco? Is that James Franco? Is that James Franco? Oh, yeah, it's James Franco, yeah. He's, Dave, he's, he's, he's on Franco. my board oh, no, James Franco, yeah, the older one. Yeah, yeah, you're not going to do that. You know, it's it's a good good tips if, uh, I mean, I feel like if anybody I know is going to get caught in that situation, it may be you. It feels like Uh-oh. you should watch it just for just in <laughs> case. Just to know? avoid getting your arm caught under a boulder? Just, yeah, it's a cautionary tale. Speaking of a cautionary tale, over here at the old uh, Barris Collection, uh, we have been uh, motorcycle crazy, actually. We uh, we took, uh, well, on the Land Rover front, we had uh, Ted out at the uh, Queen's English Car oh, Show. Oh, yeah. I was going to ask you about uh, that. Yeah. How did that go? And it went super well to do that. We decided that we would do uh, just a uh, super, super, super light skim polish on the on uh, good old Ted to get a little bit of the uh, oxides and everything off. And uh, man, for original uh, paint on a car that old, it just looks uh, amazing. I mean, it's, it's just really like... It's really a good one. It's really it's a good just, one. It's just... Now, it is. This it is really the first is. show you've taken it to, right? It is the first show that I've taken it to. That's correct. Um, did, you it some, was, did you get some good uh, feedback from people visiting? Well, I got some great... So funny enough, so Cooper and I are uh, zooming down the freeway because, of course, Ted is uh, no problem freeway speed. Does pretty good. Uh, we we turned off the uh, the freeway uh, to uh, to go into uh, Woodley Park, which is where the uh, the Queen's English Car Show takes place every year. It's just like a it's just like a cute little sort of uh, little park that's not that far from Van Nuys and the Van Nuys Airport and stuff. So we're turning off, getting off of the the 405 freeway, which is pretty fun to see a uh, '60s Land Rover on the 405, and we turn the corner to see a red. Uh, 109 Land Rover uh, that is uh, that is uh, broken down. Uh-oh, and uh, as as we drive by, uh, we realize it's not just any broken down 109 Land Rover. It is another NADA six cylinder it's Land another Rover. Another one. And our very good, very very good friend Barry Fine is there uh, with the bottom hose of his radiator popped off and oh, all of no. his coolant underneath the car. It just oh, so no. happened that I had another bottle of coolant with me in my car. Did uh, you take some pictures did. of him, some compromising photos? We did. We took some compromising photos of him <laughs> under the car, around the car. And anyways, we got him. He got going again and uh, and met us at the, uh, you know, we gave him the coolant and then quickly abandoned him because, uh, you know, he had uh, apparently just the tools that came with the car. But all my tools were on the G4 rally with oh, Liza. No. So I also only had the tools that came with the car. So, so did, uh, did you have any issues with Ted, though? Oh, no, not a, not a single, not a single issue. No, Ted yes. was uh, ticking like a like a clock. 
once we got that distributor thing worked out, I have to say, like, uh, it is like the most reliable Land Rover that I have. Like, uh, it's a good one. You know, it's uh, it is a good one. It is a good one. Super fun. People couldn't get enough of it. There was a gentleman that talked to me for no less than 45 minutes about how much the intake looks like an exhaust and oh, yeah. uh, all kinds of stuff. He actually said, uh, this is a quite a knowledgeable dude, uh, that that actually is pretty common in uh, like tractors and farm equipment that that style of muffler looking intake is actually pretty common on like, you know, <laughs> excavators and things. So it, it I've, had a, seem... I've had a number yeah. of uh, attractors, but uh, none of them have had that particular style yeah. of intake. Yeah. But I could see that like uh, having a paper filter element inside a canister like that being common. Yeah. Like my Bobcat yeah. has something that's round. Yeah, kind of. A, they're usually that. round though. Yeah. But this one is sort usually of, round. it really, really looks like a muffler. And then uh, Barry showed up and, and posted up next to me. So we had the two cars. Uh, we had the two cars next to each other, which is pretty cool. He's done a lot of work cool. to that car. Yeah. Yeah, it's in pretty good shape. It's, it's a cool one. That's cool. One. Yep. It's got a neat yep. history to it. Speaking of neat history and six cylinders, uh, we mm -hmm. met a guy in Australia, Malcolm Chaplin. Right. And uh, Malcolm is a, uh, is, is a pretty interesting dude. He was an engineer for the Land Rover Company. And hopefully, hopefully we can get him on the show. He's, uh, you know, That's he's awesome. in Australia, so there's a little bit of a time issue there. Yeah. And then uh, he's, uh, he doesn't have any email or phone or any of that. His wife handles all that. But he's an not, interesting yeah. guy, and I do have his contact information. And he was an engineer when um, the six-cylinder went into production. And he worked on the NADA six-cylinder project, and he Dude, worked on so some cool. really, really neat, fascinating projects. And uh, he told me some things about the... Uh, the six cylinder, which I didn't previously know. Mm -hmm. And uh, the gist of it is they use the six cylinder because they couldn't get enough four cylinder. As what he told me, he's like, we couldn't make enough two and a quarter. So we already had an engine line going for the Rover cars. And we were like, oh, we can use the excess capacity of that to produce six cylinder engines, which we can put in Land Rover. So yeah. they engineered the Land Rover and the bulkhead. And, and if you've ever looked at a Land Rover bulkhead, it looks kind of like they did the bulkhead to fit that engine, but they had already designed it for a four-cylinder car. For a four-cylinder engine, yeah, exactly. Like, oh, we just cut it here and here. Well, and if you look at the uh, amount of power that you'd gain uh, for that extra displacement, uh, doesn't really seem worth it, you Not know? Much. And uh, Not much. Especially once you consider the weight of that engine over the two and a quarter, that yeah, it might be a wash. Yeah. You know, but it, it is a, a smooth-running engine. and It the, is very the, smooth, yeah. The Nada one does make more power at higher RPMs, as you can attest, bit. because yeah. it does yeah. roll yeah. down the highway pretty well. It goes great. And the thing is, it's like, you know, I, I, I don't really go much over 60 in it, but it'll go 75 miles an hour if you wanted to. But yeah. uh, but no, it's just it cruises. I've driven it thousands of miles and uh, it's actually, you know, honestly, uh, save maybe the 200 TDI, which is my only other sort of classic Land Rover engine that's fun on the freeway. Um, you know, it's great. You know, I prefer it over the stage one, over the V8 that's in the stage one and the Range Rover. Smooth. It's, uh, it's a smoother engine than that. Yeah. yeah. The V8 makes more power. It'll go faster. But uh, it is certainly a nicer, uh, it's a nicer drive with a six cylinder. I really, I love yeah, it. Yeah. It's absolutely one of my favorite cars. So yeah, so that was great. Did that. Lots of cool cars there. Uh, you know, lots of good friends. Becca was there and uh, Abel. Uh, was there with a car with no fenders on it, no front fenders at all, just huh. driving around without front fenders on it, which is an interesting look. A pickup truck. Um, you know, a few few good friends there. A gentleman with his, uh, I forget his name, French gentleman with his Range Rover Sport that he has a seat affixed to the front bumper. Um, I uh, we got an opportunity to sit in it, so I'll post a I'll post a picture up to the yeah, uh, like underpowered hour feet. It's for sale actually. Uh, Twenty thousand dollars is all he wants for it. And so you two could uh, could uh, ride down the, the 405 seat. is the seat on the bumper. Yeah. It's pretty fun. 
I don't know exactly where you would use it. I mean, it's really meant for like a for like a foregunner if you're on a safari and you need to protect yourself from lions or something. Post-apocalyptic you know, road rage. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's a it's a pretty cool car. But yeah, lots of great series cars, lots of uh, lots of newer cars, some uh, beautiful old Range Rovers. Becca was there with her wagon. She sure was, as always. So we sat and chatted for a little while, and uh, it's always great to always great to see her, and uh, great to see all the other British cars. There were some great minis. Our good friend Michael had his double decker bus there, amongst God knows how many other cars. I'm sure strewn about the uh, property, but. Lots of cool minis, uh, lots of lots of other stuff. Unfortunately, Chris had another engagement, so he couldn't bring his uh, his mini down, which is uh, which is too bad. But uh, that's a shame. You know, that is a shame. But it's a cool, a really cool event. And then the rest of the week here has been all about motorcycles. So finally, yeah, after yeah, tell me about this being on order for two full years, um, almost to the day. I think it's just a little over two full years. Uh, my Honda CT125 trail finally, finally, finally came in. Inspired by Ike's little monkey bike, I also wanted a scooter motorcycle. And so uh, I've always been, I've been in love with the the CT bikes, uh, the CT50, CT90, CT110s, all the, the sort of Japanese delivery bikes. And the trail version is kind of like a sort of dirt bikey version of a Japanese delivery bike. And so we got a 125 or red, which is the only color you can, uh, you can get and also the only color you would want. They do make a tan one in Japan, but I, I like the red. The red's a very classic delivery bike. So we've got some big plans uh, for that bike. I think we're going to turn it into an off-road noodle delivery service bike. We'll build a big box for Freelander the Freelander tow vehicle. So, Freelander tow vehicle. Uh, for sure, we could do that. For sure, we could do that. And uh, yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna get working on that uh, project here. Uh, you know, uh, pretty soon we're gonna put Very some. Cool. We're gonna Dakar it out. Get some twin headlights and put a big dirt bike fender, big knobby tires on it, and a bunch of stupid things. Bunch of stupid things on a bike that can only go fifty miles an hour. So that sounds awesome. Pretty good. Yeah, it's gonna be pretty good. Managed to wheelie it, but it doesn't wheelie well. It doesn't have a lot of power, so it. Uh, just got to really give it hurt. a lot of help. You can give it. Yeah, you can give it. You, you give it a lot of help and it, it sets down pretty quick. But you can you could do it, you know, anything will wheelie. Uh, speaking of anything will wheelie. So my my stupid little Coleman pit bike was the uh, was the, ne- the next project uh, last weekend. And uh, it had sat for a while and the carburetor was kind of clogged up and wouldn't really start or run, uh, you know, very well. So instead of just cleaning the carburetor, I thought, why not replace it with a performance racing carburetor and uh, and a free flow exhaust system? So oh, man. A, a bike that used to go like maybe 25, 30 miles an hour now goes like well over 70. Whoa. And, uh, I'm pretty sure if you went to full throttle, it would tear itself apart. Now, so now for you, yeah. those of you that aren't familiar, Coleman is the same company that makes lanterns and like thermoses right. and tents exactly. and all these yep. sorts of things. They're like a mm-hmm. classic American camping gear company yep. and like a few years ago you know there was like a mini bike craze and there were all these imported yep. mini bikes and so mm-hmm. coleman decided to put their name on one and there's a few events yep. where the coleman mini bike is like the vehicle of choice i think there's a yep. gambler 500 yep. mini bike there's event a, and there's a class for it yep. Yep. yeah yeah and uh, so this is basically like a thermos with a motor and wheels it and, really is <laughs> and uh i mean it is the same tubes they use to like put those like pop-up awnings together 70 miles an hour that's insane i fast. would say uh, i would say that was as fast as i was willing to to bring it up to but there that's were cars terrifying going alongside of me uh, that I was passing. And of course, it's not street legal, so you're really not supposed to do that. But uh, it, uh, yeah, it is a terrifying uh, little uh, little motorbike now, uh, but really fun, you know. Super so fun. this We've may be the, the last podcast that you would do. Is, is that what could you're saying? Could be. 
it's sitting outside still. I've got to, I've got to have to ride it around a couple times before I put it away tonight, just for <laughs> good measure. Yeah, no, it's it's a pretty stupid little motorcycle, and I think the plan for that one is we're gonna do it up like, uh, you know, the uh, the the Korean War. There were motorcycles that the mash units used uh, to, and in fact, there was a mash episode where uh, where uh, Honeycutt gets uh, one of those bikes and paints it yellow. That's a super, it's in the Peterson Museum. That's a super famous, uh, those were Indian motorcycles, but uh, it was a really famous movie bike, this uh, this Indian motorcycle from the Korean War that was used uh, during the filming of MASH and it was sort of hand-painted yellow. Um, so we're going to do kind of an homage to somewhere between a MASH Jeep and a uh, and a mash thing. It seems and it you're going to dress as Klinger while and you're I riding. Clinger, it, right? Absolutely, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. And uh, seems appropriate to dress it up as a medical uh, bike because it's uh, probably you're going to need medical attention um, immediately. Uh, yeah, after it's not what it, you want to see if you yeah. have a medical emergency. No, a cross it's like on a, on a mini bike <laughs> going seventy yeah, exactly. miles an hour. <laughs> and he doesn't stop. There is uh, those brakes are meant for twenty five miles an hour. So it is uh, like you got to have a good runway to stop or. I did. I, you can kind of kick the tail out a little bit and hockey stop like a dirt bike a little bit. So I'm I'm sort of working on that a little bit without my motorcycle boots. I was worried my shoe would get to get get pulled off. But anyways, pretty fun. Pretty yeah, fun little bike. Mini bike uh, doesn't get times. you the forklift wheel. Yeah, that's exactly right. Well, we have to sell. We have to sell the forklift. What? Yeah, uh, I this think this is a, this is a tremendous update that I wasn't is, familiar I with. The, I think the, the widowmaker. Think the widowmaker has lifted its last load. It. Uh, they, it they're is, gonna make uh, you get rid of it, huh? It's stuck. It, well, no, it just so happens that no, I managed to argue my way out of having to get rid oh, of it um, okay. by by the HOA, only to have it essentially uh, fail, unfortunately. So it is uh, stuck now in low gear. It will not shift into any gear but low gear. It's of course a, a manual uh, transmission, so there's a clutch, and uh, it won't it won't clutch out of low gear now. So you can go forward and back, kind of. And now the main lift piston, I think one of the seals is gone, and it now squirts a little hydraulic fluid every time it, it lifts or, or lowers, and it's Poor just thing. not... It's not Poor worth thing. it. It's not worth fixing it. I like how you say uh, that's not worth it, despite it being way, way more useful than the Freelander. You're like, I'm not going to repair that thing that has, uh, has been... Uh, steadfastly reliable for the last it's 70 true. years. It's true. It's true. It, it has been. Well, no, I'm going to sell it to somebody who I'm sure will take the time to completely restore it and uh, and we keep so. using it. We're going to switch over to a little uh, electric kind of pallet uh, style one so we can use it as kind of a man lift and, uh, and a like forklift because that's I what like we it. actually need. So yeah. yeah, just as I defeated the HOA, I was defeated by my lack of maintenance. Don't so. worry, there'll be another opportunity to get in an I'm argument sure. with the HOA. I'm sure, just wait until I get. How do you have an HOA for a commercial building? I have no idea. I don't know how it. It doesn't make any sense. It you just signed a sense. document. That a you weird condo know. board. I definitely did. I didn't realize that was in there. But uh, speaking of documents, you haven't uh, didn't uh, think you uh, signed. Uh, it's World Land Rover Day. On April 30th, which That's for us is up. in the future. But as you listen to this show, it was yesterday. Yes. Um, so uh, hopefully be sure everybody, to have uh, celebrated it. You should be sure to have celebrated it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> we celebrated it in, in so many fabulous ways, you know, just uh, out there, Land Roverin in the, you know, on the day. I'm, I'm going to drive two Land Rovers on World Land Rover Day. At the same happen. time. At the yeah. same time. Yeah. It's going to be great. Like, like Jean-Claude Van Damme between those two trucks. Just two eighty inches. I'm just steering them both at the same time. Put them both in low range. You could probably manage. I mean, maybe tie a sweater around one steering wheel. I think you probably. Are we? Are we going to do a Nando's review? Do we have time for that? Yeah, we may have uh, time uh, for an. Oh, you know what? Actually, I don't think we do because no. I forgot to mention Ooh. that uh, episode two of the hard hitting, I'm sure award winning 
uh, two-part crossover episode with our friends at the uh, at the Center Steer podcast is out now. Oh, shoot. If you haven't listened to it, go listen to it right now. You're actually listening to this out of order. There may be spoilers in this episode uh, if you haven't watched the previous. If you you're gonna, the previous one. You're going to learn all about the Anarch event. If you're listening to this show in canonical order, this is now, it's out of phase. You got to go listen to that show. Yeah, it's uh, it's terrible. But uh, at any rate, uh, head on over there. John's done a, a great job. I'm sure I haven't listened to it yet because this is in the past, but that'll be in the future. Um, but I'm sure uh, it'll be uh, exceptional uh, talking all about uh, all the podcast stuff, which is like the most important part of Anarch. All the stuff that we're going to get up to, the insane, stupid things that we're going to get up to. Let's just say, if there is a uh, if there is a special underpowered hour convoy going out there, I may just throw in a mini bike or two. You never know. We'll see. That'd be cool. I have to see. You know, we'll jump over something in the mini uh, in the mini bike. But at any rate, that's all the time we have uh, for this week. So uh, yeah, I apologize. What we'll make sure that uh, that in, uh, in next week's episode, we'll uh, we're really going to make a commitment this year to making sure we we fit that Nando's review. It's going to happen. Uh, I know people are interested. Nando's is of course now the full sponsor. Uh, of the uh, G4 uh, Freelander, the undisputed king of uh, Land Rover. So uh, we sort of owe it to them at this point, uh, I think. It's the uh, Perry Perry challenge you know. now. Well, we've actually tried to cool the uh, G4 Freelander with Perry Perry sauce. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wasn't actually engine stop leak. It's uh, it's uh, it's Perinase. Uh, just <laughs> run on pure Perinase. Yeah. yeah. You think it was oil and uh, coolant that got mixed together, but no, no, no. It starts like that. That's, uh, that's I got nice. no fewer than four requests for Nando's review while I was in Australia. It did yeah. happen. That is, that is the there God's go. honest truth. Several of them were in a Nando's. So, you know, it was, uh, <laughs> it was from, from, from uh, the staff of the Nando's just yeah. asking, uh, when is this going to happen? Well, it's, uh, well, sure, we'll get right on that. And uh, at that, uh, Ike, it's uh, been a slice. Uh, we'll talk to you next week. Enjoy World Land Rover Day or have enjoyed World Land Rover Day. All right, man. Take care. See you then. The Underpowered Hour is produced by Liza Barris, Ike Goss, and me, Steve Barris. Pavel Svartov composed and performed our theme music. Consider supporting the show on Patreon, and if you already do, thank you. Your support makes the show possible. For even more, check out our Instagram or Facebook.